Thank you for listening to this episode of the Magenta Maven, where I had the opportunity to interview Cardi Red Diamond from Canton, Ohio. Hope you enjoy. So I'm here with Cardi Red Diamond. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thank uh, you for having me. Oh, thank you for being on the Magenta Maven. So I'm going to go ahead and start with, uh, where did you grow up? I actually grew up in like many different spots because my family moved around. I technically grew up as a child in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, not Atlanta, Georgia, but Georgia. It was a little town called Jackson, Georgia. And then I went from Jackson, Georgia to Gwinnett County, which was Peachtree. Yes, I'm pretty uh, sure is the, the name of the city. Uh, and then from there, I went, I came to Ohio. I was technically born in Canton, Ohio, up north. And then my mom moved uh-huh. to Georgia while I was a newborn. So the only thing that I knew was Georgia when I grew up to like, you know, once I understood what was around me, I knew Georgia. And then we ended up moving back to Ohio. So Canton is technically where I'm from, where I was born. Okay. Yeah, I'm from, uh, actually from Chattanooga. So I'm not too far from uh the Atlanta area, so I kind of know that area yeah. that you're talking about there. Oh yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah. So, what kind of kid were you? Uh, I was, I wasn't a bad kid, but I obviously wasn't a perfect kid. I don't think any. I don't think there's a such thing as a perfect child, even though parents say it. Oh my God, you're so perfect. Uh, no, yeah. um, I was a, I was a goofy, goofy child. Obviously, I loved being the center of attention. Hello, I, I'm a showgirl now. <laughs> Um, so I loved being in the center of the room. I, the intention had to be on me. I was always singing. I was very, I was a happy kid for the most part. Did you have any brothers or sisters? Yes. I grew up with two sisters in my home, and uh, but I have other siblings from my biological father. And um, I have siblings from my stepdad, too. So altogether, I have 12. Oh, wow. So a big family. So what did you want to be when you were a child? When I was, I've always wanted to be an entertainer. I've always wanted to be on stage. I wanted to sing. I wanted to dance. I wanted to act. I wanted to do anything that had to do with being on TV, being in front of a bunch of people. That's just what I wanted as a kid. I, that's as simple as I can put it. I wanted to be a star. Were your parents, were they strict on you when you were a child? I wouldn't say strict, but... My mom definitely sheltered us as kids. She definitely was protective and like, um, shel- like I don't want to use the same word, sheltering, but like, you get what I mean. Like she, she hovered. Yes. <laughs> and when did you, like, when you come out, how did your family take it? My mom didn't take it well. My stepdad took it surprisingly well. He was fine with it. Um, it was still an adaption for them. Obviously, it was something that they had to, you know, adapt to. But my mom, I actually watched my mom shed tears. Like, she cried in my face about it. She didn't know what to say. She didn't know how to respond. She really didn't know how to have the conversation with me just yet, especially because I was 13 years old when I came out. Oh, so fairly young. Was it in high school for you, coming out there? And- um, It was tough. I, it was a tough time. I'm not even going to – I'm never going to lie about that. It was a tough time, especially coming out. I definitely dealt with – the bullying and um, stuff like that. And I kind of dealt with it for a while. But once I got to high school, that was more middle school. Once I got to high school, I don't want to use this word, but I definitely started defending myself. But it was definitely in like the wrong manner. I definitely got really protective, really defensive of myself because of the bullying and being chased home and getting jumped and beat up and things like that. Yeah. 
Oh, I understand. So it was, it was, it was, it was not a cakewalk. I still loved high school. I still had high school friends. I, you know, I was a cheerleader. I was in sports. I was doing that kind of stuff, but it still was hard. What was the first time that you did drag? The very, very first time that I ever put on a like a wig and went out like as a drag queen. I was 18 years old, um, fresh 18, and my drag mom put me in drag and I went out. That was when I was 18. But when I officially, and that was the last time I did it, because I said I would never do drag. That was the last time I did it. I said it was too much. I'm not doing it. And at the time, I was a go-go boy, a shop boy, a stripper. And I was also working on being a male entertainer. So I was going the total (laughs) direction. (laughs) First, actually did it. And it became a career for me. It was at my friend's house and Cardi came alive. She was just like, I want to put you in makeup. We're going to go out. And Cardi was born in her bedroom. How did you come up with the name Cardi Red Diamond? The name Cardi Red Diamond definitely has a specific meaning. Cardi is actually, obviously, everybody loves her, knows her. She's a rap god. Oh, yeah. Cardi B, before she became mainstream and before people knew her as a musician, I fell in love with her because she was a social media celebrity. She was doing, you know, comedy on Instagram. So I fell in love with that. And she was also telling her story. And I love her story. I love her hustle. I love how she grinds to get what she wants. She had, she doesn't sell out. She is who she is. She, she's going to, she was the same way before she got on TV. And when she got on TV, she still was that same person. And I respected that about her too. A lot of people get on TV and get a platform and they completely change who they are and things like that. And Cardi did not do that. And when I seen that, it just, it, changed something for me and I wanted to dedicate my name to it. So I dropped the C and made it a K and red, red comes from like all of that pain and all of that stuff that I went through, the bullying coming out, the, the family issues I went through, the, the blood, the sweat and the tears that I put into Cardi and into my craft. That's what red represents. That's what my middle name represents. And diamond is the house. I'm from the legendary house of diamond. Who is your um, uh, drag mom? My drag mom is Kiana Diamond. Oh, okay. And uh, her drag her drag mother is Indigo Diamond. Um, very legendary in the area. Very well known in my area. My drag mom is known for doing Whitney. She's oh. the Whitney impersonator of Ohio. And um, do you have any drag children of your own? Yes. About how I have, many? I have six. Oh, wow. So you got to... And probably getting bigger, right? Um, No. My kids are no. not letting me have any more... They're oh, not. They're not having it. They're trying to hog all the attention. Yeah, I love my babies though. So I what, actually have a drag mom in Florida too. Oh wow, who is that? Maya Iman LePage. Okay, I have to uh, look from her. South Beach. So when you first did drag, what song did you do? What did you wear? <laughs> um, the first song that I performed in drag that sticks out to me in the beginning of everything. I don't know if it's necessarily the very, very first time. And I know that's very important. Please, everybody don't cancel me. But I know that is an, an important thing, but I, I did a lot. Um, it was a song by Seven Streeter. And my one of my sisters, one of my drag sisters here in Ohio, uh, lend me a costume, help me get my wig on, uh, she helped me with my makeup a little bit. It was my first ever performance. It was at Adam Street in Akron, Ohio. It's now closed. That place is now closed. And uh, 
yeah, it was it was a fun time while I was doing it. But going back and looking at it, I cringe. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good moment, though. Yeah, but I cringe because, girl. <laughs> <laughs> have you did any pageants? Yeah. Do you hold any current titles or what pageants have you um, entered? My current title right now is Miss Oracle 2019. And I was supposed to actually step down as Miss Oracle in April. But I have pageant titles as males. I'm a form as a male. I'm excuse me. I'm a former Mr. Akron All Star, 2016, and I am also a former Mr. Akron Stripper of the Year. Oh wow! <laughs> so, what was your what is your favorite uh, pageant that you've been in so far? My favorite pageant was the one I lost. Yeah, but it was my favorite. It was my first time competing at the state level, mm-hmm. and. Um, I had fun, and that pageant was um, Miss Ohio All-Star and Miss Akron All-Star. I did the prelim. I placed for the prelim. I won talent for the prelim, and I won talent for state, but I did not win, and I didn't place at state. Are there any particular clubs where you regularly perform? Well, right now, no, but (laughs) uh, I had a few residencies in drag. My first residency was Bounce Night Club in Cleveland, Ohio. Rest in peace. It is closed. Um... Then I was actually a resident queen at the Palace Bar on Ocean Drive in Florida for almost a year. I worked there um, regularly. And the Oracle Venue and Bar in Canton, Ohio, where I was born, I'm the show hostess and show director there. So I booked the shows there. And um, I'm a producer myself. I produce my own shows any and everywhere. I know I've seen uh, Beat Management. How did um, you get in with that? Me and my husband and George, who was my manager at Bounce uh, before it closed, he he knows me as an entertainer inside and out. Um, And then he introduced us to his friend, Matt, who did work for Axis Nightclub in Columbus and has done other work for other clubs and venues, a lot of um, digital art. You know, he has a book out, the drag book. He came out with a drag book. It's so many things. So talented. So talented. Um, well, we got together and we wanted to come up with a management agency and talent agency that was different from everybody else's and really take care of our girls and our entertainers. Um, but it all happened in George's living room. We all did it together at once, all four of us. We made it official. It, it was a good time. That was a life-changing experience for me. I wouldn't change it for the world. Now it's it is it's now lifted off its feet. It is a functioning business. We are doing well. We have an amazing ro- roster so far. It's it, it's good. It's going good. It's on a it's on an up and ups. I'm yeah, I did see some of your uh, advertisement that you had on there, and you had quite a few uh, queens actually uh, sign up for the Beat Queen. Oh, the Queen Beat Digital Showcase. Yes. Yeah, we all hand, we handpicked those. We handpicked the girls ourselves, and. Um, reached out to them and put it together. It was it was initially my idea. I felt like as beat, we needed to do something in, at this time mm-hmm. for all of the entertainers who are all suffering from this. We're all suffering from this thing that's going on, this COVID-19 situation is tearing everybody apart. And I want to still keep drag alive. And I've noticed that a lot of people are kind of letting it die because they feel like all is lost, but it's not. We're making it do what it do. We're making it work. And Everybody had fun. Did you actually get to watch the show? I haven't got to see any. I see, only thing that I seen was actually your uh, 
I don't know if you did that performance that was on, um, not a commercial, but it, it was you dancing. There was like a fountain in front of a building. I can't remember. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was it. That was my, I, that was the recorded performance for okay. the showcase. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> it was very good. So I couldn't remember Thank if you so much. that was part of it or if that was a, like a promotional thing or not, but it was very good. I tried to, uh, I something happened that I couldn't sign into there. Cause I really wanted to, I knew it, there was Alaska was on there and of course, um, mm-hmm. you were hosting. So I was going to see, um, you know, before we did this interview, like, you know, how you normally are. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there'll be another one. Oh yeah. There is another one and it's already, um, already active. It's already being prepared to be launched um, to happen again, May 31st. So everybody stay tuned. You stay tuned. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be good. And I will advertise it on uh, my webpage too, as well. So uh, I'll thank you so much. I'll take it off your, um, I'll get it off of your, you can send me a thing and then I'll put it on there. Yeah. So that everybody oh, thank you. down here can uh, view it, and I still and I have some people from Chattanooga too, so it'll be it'll get around a little bit. What is an interesting thing about you that we wouldn't learn from your friends? That's a hard question because I'm a very open book with my friends and my family. I don't really do too much of like hiding anything. Mm-hmm. I have this philosophy of like if you're an adult, then you should have no reason to lie about anything or hide anything. You're an adult, you're grown. You obviously had a reason for doing what you did, whether negative or positive or however you are. Own it, own it and own it. That's like my that's my thing. So I mean I can tell you something interesting about me, but my friends are probably going to already to know it. Something interesting about me. I really, really, really enjoy seafood. Like I almost more than the average person. Uh, yeah. like, I literally was talking to my husband the other day and I was like, I just want to eat fish, seafood and rice every day. Like it could be my fish could be my diet every day. Like, any love, fish. Well, not any fish, but most seafood. I like, uh, it's funny cause I don't like regular fish, but I will eat everything else like crab and shrimp and all that. But regular fish. I had a bad experience when I was little. So I love, I love. <laughs> love a fish, right, fish right out of the oven, baked in butter and garlic, and just oh, it's so good. It, I swear, I swear, when I'm eating it, you think I'm having an outer body experience. For yeah, real. The, <laughs> <laughs> what is one of your most favorite places uh, that you visited or that you've done your show at? Oh, it's so hard because it's a lot of them. It's a lot of them. I've been a lot of places. I've been a lot of places. Um, I'll name my top three. Is that okay? That'll work. Yes. Okay. So my top three favorite places to perform. Palace Bar. That was one of my favorite places to ever perform. So sickening. Hydrate Nightclub in Boys Town in Chicago. And then the Oracle. My own my own home bar where I work at it's it's yeah, it's my favorite. I love working there. I love the environment. I love the people. I love my regulars that come every day. It's really a lot of love in there. Is it a pretty good sized place? It's more of a more intimate spot. It's a Oracle is technically it's an entertainment venue. Like it's a it's a venue for like poets and rappers and bands. It's a small little band venue, like music venue. And it's usually the best too, because you can get um, 
the way, like with the Hamburger Mary's here, you can ask questions and do things and find out stuff that you normally wouldn't. And you can actually see the whole show because sometimes you can go to places and you're like, you can't see nothing. You know, they're there, but yeah, 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 yeah. Especially like nightclub scene, like, oh, yeah, big like circuit party clubs like they have big huge yeah it could be a little difficult and it's hard to but this one is very intimate and the stage is up high too so everybody in the room can see the show oh wow so from whether you're in the back of the building or the front of the building you can see that stage wherever you are so what best piece of advice that you've received the best piece of advice that i've ever received in my drag career Mm -hmm. it was from one of my sisters at palace and they really helped me understand and gave me advice about how to handle business people in this industry and in the entertainment industry, period. There's a certain, there's a certain language and a certain way to speak to people in this business because everybody is not your friend, number one. Uh, everybody does not care about what you know what you do aesthetically there are people out there who don't do that they're in it for their own selfish gain so you really have to my biggest lesson is this was to know that drag is not a cookie cutter world it is not it's not unicorns and rainbows and clouds and you can't look at it that way so that was one of the biggest pieces of advice that i have gotten that i've taken and really it's really set in with me and it really sits home with me because i am an extremely nice person and i give a lot of people the benefit of the doubt before knowing them because i always say you know until proven that you're a selfish i don't want to i don't want to cuss or anything it's a podcast so you can do whatever you well if you're a shitty person right and you don't show me that in the beginning I'm not necessarily looking for it because I, I have been that type to just be nice and not, you know what I mean? And not, you can still be nice and still keep your distance from people. So I'm not saying like, that's a thing. Right. Like I'm mean or anything like that. I swear I'm a sweet, I am a sweetheart, but like, I'm almost too sweet. I have my sisters tell me sometimes you're just too nice and you need to be careful of who you speak to and how you speak to them. So um, the, that was one of That's basically the way that I am, um, Years ago, I I used to be a detention officer, and I as even as a detention officer, I was the same way even to inmates that were in the in the jail. Just as long as they respected me, I respected them. But you know, I didn't treat them any differently. Yeah. But and that's the way that I look at it too, uh, towards everybody else. Yeah. So when it comes to drag, what do you spend the most money on? As far as like hair, costumes, music, makeup. I think I spend the most money on shoes and I'm so serious. It, it might it sounds weird, but I spend the most money on shoes because I do so much on stage. I can't tell you how many heels I've broke after buying a $60, $80 pair of fucking heels. And then they're done. Like I go, I go through heels like nobody's business. I go through boots, dancing shoes, like nobody's business. I spend the most money on that. But I think I, I spend a lot of money evenly, but the most I would have to say would be on my shoes. That shows that you go all out when you come out on the stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when your shoes are gets worn out like that. So when the girls look at my shoes, they're like, girl, you're busting out your shoes. I'm, my answer is like, girl, that's how you know I'm a bucker, baby. That's how you know I'm doing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I bet it's hard to do any, uh, 
like high heels. I don't. I couldn't imagine having to uh, to wear them. So, oh, I walked around in my the beginning of my career. I walked around and did everything in heels. Oh, just to get used to them. Yeah. So, what is something that you don't mind waiting on? I'm a very impatient person. <laughs> I hate. I hate waiting. I don't. Ask like you ask my friends. I hate waiting on Amazon. I hate waiting. I don't like ordering things online because I want it when I want it. If I got the money, I want it now. Give it to me. I'm not waiting on it. Like I, I am the most impatient person. But if I had to choose something that I wanted to wait on or could wait on and that I need to be patient on, I swear I'm not trying to give the pageant girl answers. I promise. But fame, I would like to be. I would like to patiently wait for everything to blow up and set off and things like that. I want that to go as smooth as possible. And as much as I want to fucking be on TV tomorrow, I'm willing, I am willing to wait because good things come to those who wait. So I'm, I'm learning to be more patient as I go through life and grow up. That is very true. And so you never know this time next year or this time next month, you you could be out there. You never know. So if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? If I had the world's attention for 30 seconds right now, what we're going through right now, I would tell the world, damn, I'm going to give my honest answer. Oh, uh, I would tell the world to calm the fuck down, <laughs> chill the fuck out. It's going to get better. Don't give, I would definitely tell them, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your careers, especially more towards our independent contractors, like our stylists, our nail techs, our barbers, our bartenders, things like that. I would tell them right now, like, just calm down. Find a way to do your craft, do your art from home. Keep yourself busy. Keep your mind right. Don't let the news and like the hype make you go insane we've seen the reactions from these people in the world <laughs> yeah. some of them are not very good <laughs> it's very uh horrible to watch and very hard to watch i think just being stuck inside for most people is the the hardest part because everybody's so used to go yeah. go 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 that now it has completely just like make them have to rest and actually, you know, think about stuff that they normally don't get a chance to think about. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I want to say that, too. I will, I will add that to the 30 seconds. I would say really pay attention to your friends and talk to your family because everybody's mental health is at stake right now. And it, that is that's a true thing. I deal with anxiety and depression and PTSD on my own personal in my own personal life and being cooped up and being in, in these four walls. If I don't keep myself busy, if I don't keep myself going and keep my momentum going and my mind flowing healthy, like healthy, I'm going to go insane. I'm going to make best friends with my wall. Y'all are going to be hearing me having conversations with my wall. <laughs> understand. Understand. I'm the... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on my final question, I'm sure during your life you have experienced some highs and lows. So what lessons mm -hmm. or lessons do you wish that you have known earlier in life? I think the lesson that I would, that I wish I would have, I won't say I didn't know because I was being told by my parents all the time and they would always talk to me about it. 
is that it's, it's literally just what I said before, is that the world is not a cookie cutter world. It is not just because you are nice, just because you are sweet, that does not mean that the world has to be sweet back. Nobody has to give a fuck. True. And I was always so very affected and so emotional by everything, you know, that was done to me or, you know, people talking about me and things like that. I wish I would have known that, girl, just be you and don't be affected by other people around you. I would tell, I would literally tell my younger self, just be you. Don't worry about everybody else. Make sure that you're smart. Keep your head on right. Keep the right people around you. Because I, I, I had some pretty bad lows in my life and I wish I would have thought about those things because maybe it would have been different. Not saying that what has happened to me is not, can't be a positive thing because I always turn a negative into a positive. Everything that I went through is was for a reason. That's why I am who I am today. But I definitely wish I would have learned that lesson earlier in my life that this world does not owe you shit and you don't owe them anything either. I feel like I would have gotten, I would have grown, it would have been a lot smoother growing up for me had I paid attention to that lesson when it was being told to me. Well, thank you very, very much for letting me do this interview with you on here. And it is really nice to meet you. And for sure, how can uh, the listeners, where can they follow you at? Well, first, it was nice meeting you as well. Um, I had a good time. I actually enjoyed the questions. This was fun. This was my first time doing this. I enjoyed it. Um, For everybody listening and tuning in, if you would like to follow me or you want a little bit of more of some diamond dust, you can go find me on Instagram at the Cardi Red Diamond. That is T-H-E-K-A-R-D-I-R-E-D-D-D-I-A-M-O-N-D. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Cardi Gorgeous. And you can follow me on Facebook at Malik Jackson, which is my actual name. And also make sure that you're checking out the Beat Management website page. And also check out my website as well, CardiRedDiamond.com. And if you want to check out anything Beat, go to www.beat.management. And you will see everything, my merch. I have t-shirts, phones. Phone, not phones, phone cases. She's not a rich bitch. Uh, she has phone cases, hats, t-shirts, tank tops, crop tops. It's all fun. So go look at that stuff too. And I look forward to maybe meeting you. Yes. One day, once all of this lights up, maybe we can do an interview in person or something. Oh, yeah. Um, if you come down here to Florida or if we come up that way. Absolutely. I would so be down to do it again. Um, and for the people listening, I hope to be hearing from all of you soon as well. I would like to thank my guests for joining me and letting me interview them. If you have any questions for future entertainers, please leave me a message at anchor.fm forward slash the magenta maven m-a-v-a-n Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Magenta Maven. And thank you for listening. Until next time.